The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Have you ever seen a book cover that draws your interest and you're excited because you think the cover is probably representative of what's inside of the book? Well, today I want to talk about the case of the misleading cover and how this author just didn't understand what her target audience wanted, and she ended up with a bunch of angry readers and uh, some pretty angry, nasty (laughs) reviews. So let's get started with this story. So a few years ago, uh, you know, I was still paying attention to the indie author game. I was working a lot uh, on nonfiction, and I was still on the lookout for indie books that came out. And particularly, I was wanting to do this thing where I took apart uh, bad covers because I'm also a graphic designer. And I wanted to talk about why certain covers were literally the worst. Uh, But uh, I I ended up not doing it because I felt like I didn't want to make fun of these people, uh, even though my husband Travis was like, well, why don't you just offer to read you their book cover for free? And that way you can be like, see, I'm not mean. I actually want to help. But that was, you know, a side project that never actually got off the ground. And so fast forward to now, when I was talking about, uh, I was talking to Travis about target audience. He like is the filter for all the things that I'm working on all the time. And so he knows way more about the book industry than, uh, someone who hasn't, (laughs) I mean, he's co-written one book with me. Um, but (laughs) he just knows a lot more about the book industry than he probably should considering that he was a missionary and now he paints insides and outsides of houses and commercial buildings. So, uh, and he's learning to be a home inspector. So just, this is like way not related to what he does as a job. Um, but he knows so much about all these things. And we were talking about, uh, target audience because I was working on the bonus class for, uh, write the, write this way course. And I was also working on the bonus chapter for write the perfect read the fiction edition. And I've been reading a ton of books about how to figure out your target audience and all this stuff. And Travis was like, hey, do you remember that one book cover that had a picture of a horse on it? And I, I, I instantly knew exactly what book cover he was talking about because, you know, rewind a few years ago, I was looking at this cover and it kind of reminded me of, uh, I don't know what books you read growing up, but my grandma, my Mima, always used to buy me these Elizabeth Gale adventures which is like kind of like Nancy Drew, but for Christians. And there's not actually any big uh, mysteries that Elizabeth Gale needed to solve. But she really liked 
horses. Uh, you know, it wasn't the deepest reading material, I'll tell you that much, but my Mima knew that I loved to read and she would always buy me books. And of course, I always read the books that she bought me. Uh, but uh, so it, this cover reminded me kind of of an Elizabeth Gale cover because it's got this uh, woman and this man and there's a horse. And I remember my yellow Elizabeth Gale book that had Elizabeth Gale and she's standing next to a horse. And it reminded me of that. And then I looked at the book description because the cover, okay, the Elizabeth Gale cover was not bad. It was an illustration. But this cover that I was looking at was a picture. And then like you couldn't really read the title of the book, which that is like, you have to be able to read the title of the book. Okay, you have to. <laughs> If someone has given you art or you've made art yourself for a book cover and you can't read the title of the book when it's in thumbnail form, which is how a lot of readers interact with books these days on e-readers and uh, smartphones, there a big mistake <laughs> has happened because that is a must for sure. Uh, whether or not you can read the subtitle that small, that's a whole different issue and those are different choices you can make with your designer uh, or yourself, but for the most part, I would say don't make your own book cover unless you are actually a graphic designer who understands marketing material because a book cover is a the strongest piece of marketing that you have. Uh, and there's a whole there's a whole video about how you can get really cheap book covers on Fiverr uh, that I'll point to some at some point. There's another podcaster out there who's like gone through and done all the legwork who has said, look, see, if you do this, you can have a decent cover for 70 bucks. $70 is nothing, considering how important that piece of marketing is. But as normal, I've gone off on a tangent about <laughs> graphic design. Uh, that happens, graphic design or writing. So anyways, this book cover was just the worst. And I go to the book description, and the first thing it says before it talks about the book at all is, disclaimer, this book does not have any horses in it. And I was like, what the heck? I have never seen anything like this. And I'm just like, I. that's when I was like, Travis, you have to look at this. Look at this cover. And he's all, ugh. And I was like, now look at this disclaimer in the synopsis. Before the synopsis even starts, and he's all, what the heck? Because why? Why would you do that? And the reason that the author had to put that disclaimer is because all the reviews were like, there are no horses in this book. There are no horses in this book. Misleading. I thought this was going to be a Western type romance story and there are no horses in this book. And I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Why would you put a horse on the cover of your book and then there's no horse in the story? Of course, people are going to be mad. And it's an issue of not understanding your target audience. And also, I, I don't know. I want to say that <laughs> I want to say something rude, uh, <laughs> but I won't. It's, it's an issue of not knowing what the purpose of a book cover is. The book cover has to reflect something about the story inside. And if you put a horse on the cover of the book, the reader will expect that there's going to be a horse inside the book because matchy-matchy, right? And so writing a disclaimer before the reader can even get to the synopsis, which by the way, the synopsis is the second most important part of marketing you have for your book. So you're blocking that with a disclaimer. That's a huge mistake. Uh, so 
you know, you can't you can't just put a disclaimer. Like like let's say, for example, because I write books that are about time travel and they involve spaceships. Uh, so let's say that I see a book that has a spaceship on it and it has something about time travel in the subtitle or in the title. And then I read the book and I realize there's no spaceship and there's no time travel. What's going to happen? I'm going to be mad because they, the person who wrote the book tricked me. That's what they did. They tricked me because they took my money and they took my time. And the promise was time travel spaceship. And there were neither time travel nor a spaceship in the story. And that's messed up. So you can imagine when someone looks at this poorly executed book that is about Western romance, apparently sans horses, uh, and it has a horse and a couple on it. And then the person reads the book and they're like, but wait, the cover, but the cover said, the cover said there were horses in this book and there are no horses. So listen, don't trick people. If you want someone to read your book, you need to find the right target audience for your book. And that means that you don't lure people in with the promise of a horse and then there's no horse. Or you don't lure people in with the promise of a really cool time traveling spaceship and then there's no spaceship. You have to think about the reader experience or else you're going to end up with a lot of angry reviews, which is what happened to this person. I really wish I could find this book to point you to it I hope that the author has taken the book down because they're tricking people, which is not okay. Uh, so you need to think about your target audience. And that's something uh, that Chris Fox talks about in his book, Right to Market. He's like, look, you should put these things on your covers that you know your target audience will engage with. That way, when they read the book, you have given them the promise of what they want and you found them based on their likes and they saw your book and they were like yes this is the kind of story i like and then when they read it it is the kind of story that they like and he goes into really specific things like even the gender and the race of the protagonist and how to figure out what target audience will like what and unfortunately he concludes and he's sad about this conclusion that um a lot for a lot of these genres you have to have a white male protagonist and i'm like dang it because I am now writing a white male protagonist. His name's Tyler Hart. I told you about him. I'm writing uh, probably under my pen name, Blue McKenzie, or I'm going to be writing under Spence Noel, which is my science fiction space fantasy type pen name. I haven't decided yet because I know that the Tyler Hart books are related to another family of books that I plan to write. So I don't know if I should make the pen names match. That's a whole different marketing thing. But... Uh, you know, I know my target audience wants a white male protagonist, which I would rather write pretty much anything else. I would love to write a female protagonist, but the market is oversaturated with female protagonists, uh, you know, ever since Hunger Games and Diversion. I mean, Divergent. Diversion. Divergent. Uh, and so, yeah, that's what the market wants, so that's what I'm writing. And, of course, I have a sassy cool female character, and I have actually really cool um, Latinx characters as well. Um, so, I, you know, I can't help myself. I have to have a representation in diversity. And I have also an asexual character in the book. But the thing is, I can't just 
make a book all about the things I want and then expect my target audience to understand why they should like it. Because that's not how it works. Because when you're writing something, you're creating a product that will be marketed and purchased. And people will spend not only their money on it, but their time on it. And so if your cover has a horse on it, what should be inside your book? Yes, a horse. Thank you so much. And if you don't know how to write about horses, which I don't, and I talked about that before, you are not going to see any horses in my books because I just don't know anything about them. I, they kind of, you know, they're big. They scare me a little bit. I try not to let them know that they scare me, but you would, <laughs> you're much more likely to see a dog in one of my books because I have dogs. Uh, so, but what I'm not going to do is pretend like I'm writing about a horse to draw you in and then not write about a horse. Or the alternate would be to write poorly about a horse since I know nothing about horses. So you either need to research the thing that your target audience is going to like. Uh, in this case, my protagonist is uh, an ex-police officer, which is fine for me to write because my husband is a ex-police officer. And so, I mean, that sounds so harsh, so like, ex-police officer. You know, he's not retired because he's young, and my character is young, but neither one of them are police officers anymore. So, and both of them have degrees in criminal justice. So just make sure that you're not tricking the reader. Make sure that you understand the things you need to know about so that you can appeal to your target audience, and that way you can deliver and even over-deliver. I don't mean over-deliver by putting too many details. Remember, we don't want info dumps, uh, and if you're interested in how to avoid those, you can check out literarysymmetry.com slash storyfilters, where I do a completely free course on how to avoid info dumps and what information you should uh, use and not use and how to do a hook. All this fun stuff that's completely free because I want to help you, wonderful writer, avoid making readers angry, which is what this whole episode is about. So to recap, if you understand your target audience, make sure you can write for them in a reliable way and don't trick them and always have your cover so that you can read the title from a thumbnail. And, you know, putting, putting a disclaimer uh, in front of your synopsis so that people will stop leaving really mean reviews is not a good approach to building a successful career as an indie writer. And what I would tell this person is, Take, make, get a new cover. <laughs> the disclaimer is not going to work. Get a new cover that accurately represents what's inside of your book so that when people see it and they buy it, those two things are matchy-matchy. And then they're going to be happy. And then you'll be able to find your actual target audience. And that's when you can turn readers into fans. You can't turn readers into fans when you're tricking them and making them angry at you. And, uh, you know, obviously it's been years and I still remember how awful that was. And I've seen thousands of covers and thousands of book synopses. And I still remember that it's impressed on my memory and also on Travis's memory because he's like, hey, remember that cover with the horse? And we both knew exactly what it was that he was talking about and the, like in a bad way. You know, it's like one of those award ceremonies for worst actress and that kind of stuff. I can't remember what it's called right now. 
Uh, so make sure that what you are writing and what is on your cover match up with the expectations of your target audience. And another really good way to understand the target audience for a specific genre is to find the top indie books, if you're an indie writer, read those. And if you're traditionally published, it's a little bit trickier because publishing houses are going to have specific expectations, and they don't even really know what those expectations are yet. They're just kind of guessing, which is unfortunate and one of the ways in which traditional publishing is currently broken. So I hope that next time you're thinking about your target audience and your cover and your story, you'll try to make everything match up nicely so that you can end up turning readers into fans instead of mortal enemies. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. <laughs>